Okay, I'm going to read Mark chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 46. The story of blind Bartimaeus receiving his sight. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timotheus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they, call, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might ha receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Maybe seated. Well, good morning and God's blessing to you. Uh, it's good to be here with you and has been a blessing to be here. Bring you greetings from Heritage Mennonite, our home congregation. Uh, quite a bit smaller than this, but obviously we serve the same Lord, I, I believe. And I've experienced that this morning already. It's been a blessing to be here and uh, trust further as we look into God's Word. It is a blessing to be able to go other places and find God's people who are faithful, who are still serving the Lord, wanting to do what is right. And, and I sense that here this morning, even in our devotions, our Sunday school, and uh, uh, just a blessing. It's been a blessing and a confirmation, I guess, in hearing the devotional and the Sunday school and then how my message ties in. Uh, Caleb talked about being practical, how Jesus used the little things in life to do service. And uh, our Sunday school, we talked about a blind man. Well, he wasn't blind. He was able to see, and then he was blind, and then received his sight again. And today, I'd like to look at this story that John read. Um, about blind Bartimaeus. My, I think it's my favorite story in Scripture. Very common, ordinary way, but how I think we can draw some lessons here of life. How many of you have been in a cave, went underground in a cave, and what happens? There often, uh, you're standing there and they turn the lights off, and it is dark, right? It is so dark. You ever heard the thing that it was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face or that you could actually almost slice the darkness, right? It's pitch black. And that's what we have in front of us this morning. We had a man who could not see. He was blind. He was blind. 
He couldn't see anything, I don't think. And so, we can't quite relate to that, can we? Many of us have played games, children play games, and sometimes even adults, we blindfold each other, right? And we have to do something blindfolded. But often we still know where the kitchen sink is, we know where the back door is, we kind of know where things are because we could see, right? Blind Bartimaeus was blind. And as far as I know, he was blind from birth. I don't know that for sure. It doesn't rightly tell us. But he couldn't participate in the regular activities of life. And I'm sure he felt helpless. But we find Bartimaeus by the roadside begging. And I don't know about you, but to me that would be the most humiliating way to make life go on is to beg, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be the most humiliating way to depend on others? We don't like dependence on others. We like to do it ourselves. I do. I don't like when I have to depend on someone else to help me. That's one thing we don't like about, maybe about getting old is sometimes we need help. God help us. We all need help. Just like Mardelton was told yesterday, we men think we have it together, but we need a help meet. We need help, especially us men. We need help. <clears throat> well, Bartimaeus was by the roadside begging, and he was there, I'm sure. Please, sir, can you remember the beggar? Please, sir, and he held out his hand. I don't know. I'm picturing some of these things. But I want it to be in our minds this morning. He was just a normal man sitting there by the roadside. And I figure he had his normal spot. And people knew he was there. Please, sir, can you help the beggar? Please, sir, thank you. As he heard the little coin drop in his cup. I don't know. But today was going to be different. Everything seemed, it was going to be a good day for Bartimaeus, I believe. I believe he knew what was going on because the fe Passover feast was going to be held in Jerusalem and people were going to be going by. And possibly he was thinking to himself, this is going to be a good day. You know, people going to a, a, f a festival are usually in a good mood, right? <laughs> and they're in a giving mood maybe. And so today as the people pass by, we're going to cash in. Okay, and uh, the more people, the greater the chance he could collect some things. But Bartimaeus was blind. He couldn't see, okay? Remember that. So many times we look at situations and we say, well, we, we kind of understand what's going on. But many of us can't really understand with him how it really would be, how it, how it was for him. Difficult. But I don't think Bartimaeus was as blind as you might think in the spiritual sense. It seemed there was some light there. He was blind physically. But it seems there was a little light there on the spiritual side. And I'd like to say this morning that people that don't walk in the light that they know, begin to go blind. 
It's a process. Have you ever wondered why people that you know, that you grew up with, have left the faith, have left the light that they know? How can they do that? They just walk away. Seems like they just leave it all. What happens? Well, I think those kind of people, they begin to not walk in the light that they know, and slowly and surely they become blind. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen very... Sometimes it's, a gradu- it's usually a gradual process. But people that don't walk in the light they know begin to go blind. May we walk in the light that we have. Well, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming by... I don't know what all went through his mind, but he must have thought of all the stories he had heard. Jesus had healed the lame. He had healed the cripple. And he had even healed a blind man. I think he knew some of these stories. He had heard about Jesus. He had even raised people from the dead. And Bartimaeus shouted, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he began to shout. It was a simple expression of faith. But he knew about Jesus. And he, wasn't, he was going to take care of this opportunity as best as he could. He cried. I believe he believed that Jesus could do something for him. It was a simple cry. In helplessness. He was helpless. He couldn't help himself. But he cried out to Jesus. What kind of situation are you in? Have you ever felt helpless? There's nothing you can do. But there is something. Cry out to Jesus. It just takes a little faith. He wants you to cry out to him. Too often, we don't want to admit that we need help. But we're needy people. All of us are. God is looking for people who are willing to cry out in desperate need. In Genesis 4.25, it says, And men began to call upon the name of the Lord. I love that. The man's name was Enosh. And Enosh's name means frail mortal man. I I think it gives us a picture of how he felt about himself. He realized how frail he was, how mortal he was, that he needed God. It says, And men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And it's only as we realize who we are, our frailness, our undoneness, our neediness, that we cry out to God. We need help. The psalmist in Psalm 5 said, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Unless we feel a need, we'll probably not cry out to God. Well, Bartimaeus shouted, Jesus, thou son of David, son of David. I think he realized who this man was. It was a messianic cry. You might say, Maybe it was a foretaste of what was, to come to, what was going to happen soon. On Palm Sunday, when the people, when Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, and they cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. 
There's only a couple times that that is found in the New Testament. New Testament, the son of David. I believe Barnabas, Bartimaeus' faith was small, but what he had, he used. Are we crying out? Are we using the opportunities that come our way? Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus I believe, realized this was a chance of a lifetime. It was a moment he had probably wished for. And here it was in front of him. And he seized the opportunity. And I don't think it was just a small cry. I think it was a cry like you would cry when you are in dire straits. A cry that would, would only come of a person that there, it might be a life or death matter. He wanted to be sure that Jesus didn't pass him by. When you think of people that live life to the fullest, who live the kind of life that Jesus described as abundant, what do you think of? What is it about their life that's so different, maybe from yours or mine? Living life to the fullest. There could be a list of things probably. But maybe at the head of that, it's, it's our willingness to do something about our situation, to take the initiative to finally and fully seize the moment, you might say. What's kind of sad about this story is that I don't know how many people were with Jesus at that time, maybe hundreds of people with Jesus that needed some kind of personal healing and recovery. But only one of them recognized this opportunity. Only one. And the implication is pretty clear. I think Jesus would have probably passed by Bartimaeus. I don't know how close he was. I picture him a little ways away, and the crowd was around Jesus passing by. <clears throat> When's the last time you shouted out? When's the last time you called out? You needed help. You recognized who you really were. God is waiting for us. God is waiting for us. He wants us to call out. Joel 2.32 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said. I think of the story of Naaman and Elisha. We know the story well. Naaman had leprosy, and the little maid told him about the man in Israel. So Naaman went, <clears throat> and he called upon Elisha. What does Elisha do? He sends out his servant and says, go wash in the Jordan and you will be clean. What did Naaman do? It says he was wroth. And he went away and said, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. 
wouldn't it have been for his servant, he would have missed that opportunity. He was too proud. He was too proud. He wanted him to come out and call on God right in front of everything, make kind of a show of things, right? But God used again. He sent a servant out to tell him what to do. Just like in our Sunday school lesson, when, when Paul was knocked down there, did you think about it? He asked, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What did he tell him to do? He told him to go into the city, and there it will be told you what you need to do. Why didn't God just lay it out to him? Just say, hey, this is what you're going to do. This, I want you to do this, this. No, he used someone else. He used someone else. We'll come to that a little more later. <clears throat> But seizing the opportunities that are there. We've grown accustomed to sitting on the sidelines and we've become afraid to get on the field and play. It's easier and a lot less risky to sit in the stands and watch life as it goes by. See, it gets a little messy when we get out there and play, doesn't it? It gets a little hard. We get knocked around. We get knocked down. And we need to get up again. We can help others when we're out there. <coughs> Excuse me. Who said life was supposed to be easy and risk-free? That's not life, it's existent. I think the abundant life that Jesus promised us is full of risks and rewards. And the only way we can experience that is by being engaged, seizing the moment. Barnabas could have let it pass by. He could have said, Jesus doesn't want to bother with me. I'm not worthy. Who, who, does he who do I think I am? He probably won't even care about me. My wife found this little saying, and she put it on the fridge. <clears throat> I really like it. Hunter Thomas is a quote here. Life is not Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving in a pretty preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, torn, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. That's the type of journey we should have. We like to keep things nice and easy, don't we? Are we willing to get dirty? The men like that, the boys like it, skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, you know. That, that's more than just in our trucks, okay? That's, that's getting dirty and helping people and being willing to be involved. Or maybe we're like the people that were around Bartimaeus, and they said, shh, nah, don't bother Jesus. Don't worry. Just be quiet. Maybe we're trying to, to suppress someone else's life, someone else's vigor. We don't say, yeah, go for it. We're saying, ah, yeah, you better just be quiet. Just shh. Think of it. He was calling out for mercy, and, and the crowd was saying no. Perhaps Bartimaeus would be a nuisance or a bother. But what did Bartimaeus do? <laughs> Uh, he wasn't, this was, this was a once-in-a-lifetime chance. He says he cried the louder. He cried, Lord, have mercy on me. 
He was persistent. <coughs> Excuse me. You think it was risky for Bartimaeus to do that? I think it was. These people were his meal ticket, you might say. These people walked by him every day. They were the ones he depended on. And if, he, if they were telling him to be quiet and he wasn't, what if they wouldn't help him anymore? What if something happens and they're, they're not going to support him next month or next year? But somehow he felt this need and that this hope in Christ, somehow he felt that. And he was persistent. It's either now or never. A decision had to be made. And he cried out. Jesus, there was all kinds of noise around. There was all kinds of things happening. And as Jesus was walking by, he heard. He heard. There's a lot of noise in our lives today. There's a lot of things going on. God still hears when you cry out. I don't care where you are. God hears your prayers. God hears your cry. Think of the verse in 2 Chronicles 7. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then what? Then will I, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Oh, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture. <clears throat> Bartimaeus called out directly to Jesus. Jesus stopped and then he, what did he say? He told his disciples to go and get him and bring him to Jesus. He could have went over, but no, there again, he used someone else. He used someone else to get his will accomplished. He chose to involve his disciples. And he wants to involve you and I. Just like he did Ananias in the Sunday school lesson. He didn't just tell Saul what to do. He used Ananias. So my challenge for you this morning is, are you, if you're looking for God's will in your life, and you're trying to figure out what God wants you to do, <clears throat> we'd like to hear, we love these stories where God came down and he told the people directly what to do, right? God can still do that today, but I think he loves to use the people around you. Be listening. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your pastors, your church, your best friend. Or maybe someone you don't think quite so much of. God is trying to tell you something. God is using people around you. He could have led the children of Israel out of Egypt very quickly. And in a very mighty way. He did in a mighty way. But they could have been in the promised land very quickly. A lot quicker than they were. He could have prevented Job from taking his tumble you might say. He could have prevented Bartimaeus from being born blind. But no, God uses these things for purpose. He often uses natural means and ordinary people 
to bring about His will. Think of that. God wants to use you, just an ordinary person, to accomplish His purpose and His plan. That should be, that should grip our hearts. He's not looking for some criteria necessarily, but availability and willingness is what God is looking for. Perhaps you're looking for something to do. What, what does God want? And, and maybe it's just an ordinary thing. Maybe it's going to visit one of these people that John talked about. That's not very glamorous. Maybe it's to bake a pie for the neighbor. Maybe it's to go clean for the lady down the street. Whatever it is, those are little things. And God is looking for men and women to carry out these things for His glory. You go. Well, Jesus instructed His disciples to go and call Bartimaeus. And I don't know, I can imagine there's a hush fell on the crowd as they made their way to Bartimaeus and said, cheer up, he's calling for you. And I don't know what would have went through his mind, but I'm sure he rose, he jumps to his feet, and it says he threw his mantle aside. He's threw, how does it read there? Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. I love that picture, and I think it's a picture that we all need in our lives. He threw aside his garment. He threw aside his earthly security, might say. He probably sat on that little thing, or he wrapped himself in it. It was kind of his security. But at the same time, it reminded him of his blindness. And he said, I'm going to light. He cast it aside. And it's what we have to do with our old life. In a sense, it was repenting of where he was and saying, I'm going a different direction. I don't want this old life anymore. And he threw aside his garment and he came to Jesus. Exactly what you and I need to do today. Throw aside our old lifestyle, our old habits, and we need to come to Jesus. And I think here we have one of the greatest confrontations, you might say, in Scripture. On one hand, Jesus, the source of life and light. And on the other hand, possibly on his knees, blind Bartimaeus. The all-seeing God, the nothing-seeing man. He couldn't see anything. And we have an all-seeing God. The all-powerful, majestic being and the helpless, unfortunate human being. Total light, total darkness. And I don't know what, if he was trembling as he came to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Can you imagine coming to Jesus? And Jesus is standing here and Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? And I don't know what thrown through his mind. All these years he'd been collecting nickels and dimes and pennies, you might say, in our language. Maybe you think he thought just a glimmer, maybe a $100 bill? Huh? Is that what we would think? Man, that would take me for a while, you know. I've just been collecting nickels and dimes. What do you want me to do for you? 
And blind Bartimaeus says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. What a glorious. He was tired of being blind. He wanted to see. What about you? Are you tired of being blind? Have you come to light? Have you come to Jesus? And I think many of you have. And I try, hope all of you have. But he was, he was tired. He wanted to be able to see. He wanted to be able to see. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus is a compassionate God. If it wasn't that way, I'm not sure any of us would be here. Have you ever thought about that? A merciful, compassionate God. How are you? Are you compassionate? I love when people have mercy on me and are compassionate towards me. I love when they give me the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes I'm not so well at that with others. Be compassionate. Be merciful and gracious. Go your faith has healed you. I don't know what kind of, what that did for Bartimaeus, but the shock. And his eyes were opened, and the first thing he saw was Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? The first thing he saw was Jesus. What a joy it must have been. And then it says that Jesus, that Bartimaeus, Followed Jesus in the way. What other way would have he wanted to go? He had just received his sight. He was going to follow this man. Because after all, I don't think Bartimaeus only received his physical sight. I believe there was also spiritual life given at that moment. And he didn't think of any other way to repay Jesus for what he had done than to follow him. Real faith follows Jesus. It's an action word. Faith is an action word. Bartimaeus, I believe, followed Jesus, and he was never the same. What about you? It's one thing to start on the journey, but are you continuing following, walking that road? What area of your life is broken and fragmented? You've lost hope. Jesus would like to make you whole. He would like to heal you, just as he did blind Bartimaeus. He would like to open your eyes from darkness to light. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All of us like that place of rest. And the only place to find it is in Jesus. That's where you'll find it, not in anything else. Is your heart heavy this morning, or is it light? Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. May we in our journey come and walk with Jesus. I believe it illustrates a healthy way to personal growth, from self-awareness to a request for help, to a gracious reception of healing, and then following the healer. May God bless you and help us as we journey through life. Shall we kneel in prayer? Lord, this morning we thank you for your graciousness, your goodness, and your mercy to mankind. Thank you for the way that you care about us even in the little details of life. Lord, I just pray that we would look to you for help and strength, realizing our undoneness, our neediness before you, that we would cry out for mercy. You long to help us. There's grace and there's strength available. If only we come to you with our needs, our burdens, and you said you would go with us. You would never leave us nor forsake us. May we humble ourselves and be willing to ask and then to receive and then to follow. Guide us. Bless each one here this morning. May you continue to direct our hearts. We want to walk faithfully with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.